0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mar- <laughs> Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. I almost gave you my old title from years ago, but uh, we're happy to have you here, and I am so excited to have with me today, uh, Melanie Vanderbilt she is uh the ceo and founder of big tree global and the author of lead like a genius and boy wouldn't we all want to be able to do that so join me in welcoming uh melanie Velde. M- melanie Hi, thank you so much for being here we're just thrilled to have you
1: pleasure yeah excited to be here looking forward to Mel- it
0: yeah yeah we're, we're, we're thrilled so thank you so much for making time for this conversation uh, you know, there's so much power and insight that you can bring to us. I know you, you and I share a lot of the same passions, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. But you're a lot smarter than I am, so I'm going to learn a lot from you today. But um, tell us a little bit uh, about your book and your work. Give us kind of a, a little overview.
1: Yeah, so I guess my, my, my background originally is business. Um, but I've since childhood really cared a lot about the poverty in the world. Never really sure what I could really do about it, but it, it, it always nagged me. Um, and eventually I changed completely changed my past. I started running, a, a, an impact enterprise in the Kibera slum in uh, Nairobi. Uh, it's home to over a million people. Um, mostly children actually, and young people, the average uh, life expectancy is 30 years old. Um, and I ran a, some traditional programs like for orphan children to stay at school, like providing school uniforms, that kind of thing, and school fees. Um, but we also ran a business for young women who had no education um, and had really bleak prospects in life. Um, and that was an amazing job. Um, I loved doing that. Uh, just really seeing seeing the power of empowering people to really lift themselves out of poverty. Um, but it also taught me that the challenges of trying to rhyme commercial sense with trying to make a difference. Um, and that really led me to do my research. Um, so after that, I spent years researching, looking at different projects, companies around the world that make a difference and trying to understand why some have far better outcomes than others. Um, and yeah, based on, on that research, I was really keen to share everything I've learned We made some films about it, uh, and I wrote another book, actually. Um, But I found that then when I worked with companies, business leaders, uh, MBA students, um, that, yeah, I tried to really find a way to simplify it and develop some tools around that. And um, that's really what my uh, new book is is about, uh, Lead Like a Genius.
0: Well, I think this is um, really an important topic. And... It's kind of a, a dilemma for some people, right? This trying to think of business as a mm-hmm. solution to social problems, when so many of us, especially those of us who who want to solve all these problems, sometimes we fall into this trap of seeing business as the problem. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes difficult to think of how the business can be the solution. But walk us through a little bit how business can play a role in solving some of the world's problems home you know we think of poverty i know that's near and dear to you and climate change plastics mm-hmm. in the ocean what does business how does business play a role in solving those problems
1: yeah well i i've actually found that over time because i had the exact same questions um coming from a business background what, what could i possibly do and I think we often tend to think in terms of, right, we want to give donations and things like that. And ultimately, after everything I've learned, really, I think that businesses have a really big part to play in fixing these issues a lot more structurally, fixing the root cause of these issues, um, as opposed to dealing with these symptoms. And I actually think that if businesses don't, I think we're not going to fix them, and we're going to keep having to, 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 yeah, to deal with the consequences. Actually, so um, I think sometimes it's really good to give examples, uh, so it makes more sense. And I, I love the analogy of um, imagine you're running a bath, and you're as you were waiting for the bath to, to to fill up, you're starting to do something else, maybe put some laundry away, you take a phone call. Um, and before you know it, by the time you walk back into the bathroom, the bath has started to overflow, right? Well, what would be the first thing that you do? Um, and obviously, the first thing you would do is, is to close the tap. It wouldn't make any sense to keep the tap running um, and, and, and start mopping up the floor. Um, but this is exactly what we often see. So like you mentioned, you know, the, the plastic crisis in, in the ocean uh, climate change, rising inequality, poverty, um, and a lot of the, the the projects that we see, a lot of the initiatives that we see, they deal with the, with the symptoms. They alleviate the symptoms, but meanwhile we leave we leave the tap running wide open, um, and so we have to keep investing money, time, resources in dealing with these symptoms, um, and we're not really fixing the problem. And I'll give you a couple of examples, if you like. One in the context of poverty, um, I think, is a really good comparison. So you probably know of, of Tom's Shoes, um, who donate a pair of shoes for each pair that you buy. So it's the typical buy one, give one model that companies sometimes uh, undertake. Um, and whilst it can you know, be really vital to alleviate poverty-related issues to people, um, it doesn't really tend to fix it. And also, it can also do more harm than good when it's used longer term. So when secondhand donations ramped up in Africa, for example, um, over 50% of people in the local textile industries lost their jobs as a consequence. So it can disrupt local economies, but it can also create adverse psychological impacts such as depression despair and lack of self-esteem and things like that. So if you compare it to a whole different example um, called Soul Rebels, it's, it's Africa's fastest growing footwear brand, uh, founded by an Ethiopian businesswoman called Bethlehem Tillohan. Um, and she rightly asks, if you if you give a child a pair of shoes and it grows out of it, it wears, it wears out, then what does it have? But if you give parents a job, the whole family will always have shoes. Um, and that's exactly what she does. So she has opened up. Uh, manufacturing facilities in areas in Ethiopia that really need economic um, generation, development. And uh, she pays their staff over three times the industry average wage. So it's a much more structural solution. And if you think about poverty, if you think about inequality, essentially, if we want to tackle the root cause, it takes two, two things. The first, the first really being empowering people to contribute their talents, their skills, to make a living. And the second part is, is what I call just payments. But that doesn't mean paying everyone the same. It's, you know, it, for market incentives to work, it's really good to recognize different contributing factors, such as taking more effort, more risk, bringing more talent, more skill, um, working harder, um, but paying people just, just prices. So really reflecting the contributions that are made. And if we do that, and that is essentially a real role of, of, of business, we would tackle poverty, rising inequality, social exclusion at its root. And we would have to deal a lot less with the, with the symptoms um, by charitable donations or welfare, for example. Um, so that's really a, a, a good example, I think, in the context of poverty. And if we, if we translate that into the more environmental side, it works exactly the same. So you were mentioning the, the plastic crisis. Um, so, I don't know if everyone is aware, but the current estimates are that if trends continue, there will be more plastic in our oceans than fish, if measured by weight by 2050. Um, and that's terrible, obviously, for the biodiversity, but also for our own health. So, microplastics enter the food chain by eating uh, seafood, for example. We also consume like five grams a week now, by, even just by breathing air with, with microplastics. Um, um, so we can see initiatives and companies can donate, people can donate to initiatives like Ocean Cleanup, who work tirelessly to try and collect plastic from the oceans. Um, and it's something that will have to be done now for decades, even if we stop plastic altogether tomorrow. Um, but it's, it's really a losing battle, unless we also stop the plastic entering our rivers and eventually entering our oceans um, at the same time. And so we can see some amazing innovative solutions around the world, like Daiko in, uh, in Berlin, who tackle plastic in the NEPI sector in a beautifully circular way, for example. Um, and there are many other really good examples um, of businesses that do that. And I think that's really where we will see where we will see the, the solutions to genuinely fix the issues that we're already facing and others that, that, um, that are on their way
0: yeah and you have also written and i appreciate that you just you know so so much profound wisdom there in what you were saying but you also have argued i believe that that there are specific models that can help people be more effective at this work right that they can have impact faster better stronger tell us a little bit about that before we go to break quickly
1: Okay, so yeah, so I think um, there are, there are a range of factors why some businesses have a far better impact return. So they'll get like a 200 to 400 percent better return in terms of impact a much deeper transformative impact. Um, and there are several factors um, and that kind of focusing more on the root cause, you know really honing in on those sustainable development goals more aimed at that uh, is is one of the factors but I would say um, there are a few others and one other one that I think is always quite important to emphasize is it needs to be balanced with also really good commercial sense at the same time um, and that's sometimes that is the tricky part isn't it because yeah we are so wired I don't know if you've come across this but the human brain is wired that when we see opposites we want to see one or the other. Um, and similarly, we'd like to see a business that does a little bit of goods, or we'd like to see a social business where money isn't really that uh, important. But where we see the best results, so the initiatives that have the best returns, that have the most transformative impact, but that also do much better as a business, have a much stronger financial platform, are those that do both as part of a whole. And that's also why the title of my book, Lead Like a Genius, that is exactly what geniuses like Einstein, Mozart, Picasso, Da Vinci have in common. They combine the opposites as part of a whole. And it sounds a little bit abstract. In the book, there are loads of examples that try and illustrate that. And um, the tools in the book are a kind of simplified way to focus um, questions and really tease out initiatives that fits that fit, that fit uh, around that, but if I yeah, if I have to kind of say it in a nutshell, it is really those two things. And and maybe just to give you a, a, an example to make it a bit more concrete, um, there's an amazing restaurant if you're ever in London called uh, Brigade, the Brigade uh, Bar and Bistro. It's near the, the, the London Bridge, um, and it's um, in Thule Street, and it's a, it's an amazing bar and bistro. Um, yeah, just somewhere where people love to go, great ambiance, excellent food. Um, and the founder CEO, he's an award-winning chef. Um, and so what you don't really realize when you actually eat in a restaurant is that they also, about 25% of their staff, and they have um, an affiliate foundation where they train hundreds of apprentices um, over the years who have faced homelessness Um or whose lives have really unraveled with mental health, for example, um, and they empower people um, into, into meaningful employment. Um, and we know of projects like that, but they achieve a 300 to 400% higher success rate in doing that in getting people from really difficult situations into great jobs like Michael Chance, the guy I spoke to, he used to be in prison, um, just ran into some difficulties when he was young, and now uh, got himself a job into a prestigious Savoy Hotel in, in, in London. So a real transformation. And the reason why they have these, these I think, exceptional successes and, and um, success rates is that they do both. It's they, they don't overemphasize that mission. It's not all about that. It's about first and foremost, customers have an amazing experience, amazing food, but at the same time, as a kind of well-balanced package, they pursue their impact mission at the same time.
0: That's a great, great example. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that, that, that powerful example that helps to illustrate your message. Um, we're gonna be right back. We're, we're here with uh, Dr. Melanie Van Vandevelde, and uh, genius, uh, and we're excited to have her. We're gonna come back in a minute after these messages. Uh, to talk to her about her superpower. So stick around. Don't miss the opportunity to hear from crowdfunding luminary Sherwood Neese of Crowdfund Capital Advisors at the next SuperCrowd Hour webinar on October 18th at 1 Eastern. Woody will share the implications of reaching the $2 billion funding milestone in the regulation crowdfunding market. Register today at thesupercrowd.com Want to learn from the world's great change makers? Find your superpower Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Hi, I'm Julianne Meyer, the host of Own Your Wellness, and you can watch my show on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Achieve TV right here on E360 TV. Remember, there's more to health and wellness than broccoli and burpees. Welcome back. Uh, we are really excited to have with us today, Mel- Dr. Melanie Van Devel, And And uh, she is a, an author, CEO, and founder. And we're, we're just thrilled to have her with us today. And we're going to be talking to her now about her superpower. Melanie, um, you have accomplished so much. Uh, your your background is just incredibly uh, impressive with, you know, more degrees than I can count and uh, all the things you've done professionally. What do you see as your superpower?
1: Yeah, Devin, I have to say I was really wrecking my brain there during the advert. I have never really thought about that. Um, superpower. Um I, I probably think, if I just gut feel, I think it is that I really believe and we can really make things happen if we want to. Um, and I, I really believe also in people. I think we are inherently really good. I think we operate in a system that we, where we have a flaw um, and I think that's caused a lot of issues. Um, I think we're starting to open our eyes to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that belief in, in the good in people, I think is, um, yeah, that, that's the thing that comes up for me first.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. As, as I think about it, I, I, I happen to be reading a book called Humankind right now that, that makes this point that, right, that the, the, the world is full of good people. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that is our inherent nature, uh, that we are good, and yet we oftentimes think of people as being bad, and we need to be controlled and managed. And uh, maybe that isn't true. But how how do you apply that? And what comes from believing in the goodness of people? How can you maybe give us an example?
1: Um, I I think if I didn't believe that, I don't think I would have even been on this path that i've chosen uh, i think it would have been so much easier to stay in my comfortable job in the south of france in a house with a pool and um, very secure um yeah i think if i didn't believe that we could make things different and that people are are inherently good and that we can get there um i i don't think i would have even pursued this path or stayed on this path. Cause it's not definitely not been the easiest, the easiest one. Um, and, and, you know, on my journey, I think that has been confirmed so much. And if anything, um, yeah, when I just like, I'm just literally putting, been putting the, the last touches to my book. Um, well, even still yesterday, uh, that's it. I've, I've, I've just sent it off. And so I was really reflecting on all the people that I've met over the years. Um, And I think it's actually been a real privilege to have to have taken this journey and to also be confirmed in that in that belief. I have met so many people like we just spoke about the restaurant uh, brigade in in London and Beyond Food Foundation run by by Simon Boyle, um, who is, you know, one of those amazing guys that I think, you know, we're all on a spectrum of different things, but who who really makes such a difference. To, to individuals um, and the people around these individuals. And so I've met a lot of people like that and it's it's been amazing because sometimes I do think and maybe also operating in a bit of a nice bubble that way, you know, you meet a lot of people that really pursue that and also have the opportunity to use the good in them maybe more so than, than, than others might have the opportunity in a, in a completely different sector. Um, so it's been amazing to see that belief also being confirmed, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah uh, like like uh,
1: meeting yourself just now Devon you know someone <laughs> else who's uh, yeah who's doing that on a daily basis yeah, yeah.
0: well it, it is a wonderful thing uh, to believe in the goodness of humanity especially when we see challenges I mean we can't can't ignore that the news is full of bad news uh, about people often misbehaving uh, What's hard for us, I think, sometimes to process is that those are exceptions and not the rule. That's why it's interesting in part, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but tell us, Melanie, how have you and how would you encourage others to develop this view of the world? It's, it, it's challenging for some people who focus on problems. A lot of us in this space, right, we, we're so focused on solving problems that that brings a lot of our attention on the problem. And and then we lose faith in humanity. How do you mm-hmm. store that belief that in the goodness of people?
1: Yes, yeah, so I I would say I I think actually just as we're talking now, I think we are. There, there must be something weird in us as humans that we are drawn to news that is dramatic and negative because clearly, obviously, that the news is, is is feeding that that need that want in in us. Um, because obviously if you look at the news that is quite distorted it's it's very focused on all the issues all the negative and not so much on stories like this so I think your your show is is uh, is, is a, an, a, an excellent antidote to that I think if we had a little bit more of that in the mainstream news I think that would that would be great um, but so yeah for to encourage people so for me very much kind of my kind of drive in, in my work now also when I work with Um, business leaders or or MBA students for example and is very much focusing on these inspirational examples and really showing that it's possible you know you can actually pursue this this positive path you can fix things and it's not even just fixing things but you can have a real positive impact and and I do think you know you must see that a, a lot as well that people are more searching for that they are looking more for a purpose. They, they want to make a positive impact on the world. Um, um, obviously, people also want security and they need other things, but where they can, they would like that. So I, I personally think that is that is really what's driving me. And I think that's where, where my kind of skills come in and my background and all the things I've learned is, is, is really showing those examples where it really is working. Because there are also, it, I'm not saying it's a fairy tale and every project works out. There are lots of examples that really struggle, including my own experience in Kenya. It was it was very, very challenging and I had to learn a lot of lessons the hard way. Um, but I think by seeing those examples and being inspired by that um, and then also what I'm trying to do with my book and with my workshops. And uh, we have uh, immersive impact trips, for example, is to also highlight, well, why then, you know, why are these working so much better and how can you apply that? In your context, in your organization, how can how could you even to with a kind of smaller percentage? It doesn't need to be your whole organization. How can right, you right do now. that? Yeah.
0: Well, uh, b- brilliant stuff. We we have just one minute, uh, so Melanie, take it take that minute and tell us how people can learn more about you, how they can connect with
1: you, or follow you on social media, and uh, where they can get your book. Okay, great. Thanks, Devin. Yes, yeah, so my book uh, is, is literally just coming out now in October. Um, people can buy it on lulu.com, which is a, a B Corp. Um, so it's more sustainable paper and, and, uh, and all that. You can also buy it on, on Amazon, bookshops. Um, and yeah, if people would like to get in touch, uh, it would be lovely to hear from you. You can reach me on LinkedIn uh, or you can have a look at our website. Sign up for our newsletters and insights and and upcoming webinars, um, which is bigtreeglobal.net.
0: Fantastic. Well, uh, Melanie, again, thank you for being with us today. We wish you every success with your new book and all the work that you do to help make the world a better place.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Devin. It's been a real pleasure.
0: All right. Let's do something.